This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 343, The King Kong 1933 Road Trip. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, and this is the episode that I have been um, promising, warning, threatening. Um, I've been saying this episode is coming, and this is the road trip that I took to go see King Kong on the big screen, and I'm not going to talk too much about that here in the little beginning preamble type uh, thing that I'm doing right now because we're going to let the episode speak for itself. However, I am going to say there were some audio issues with this. I was testing out a new way to record in the car, and while it worked, it did not work perfectly. So there's that to be aware of. This episode was recorded basically before the quarantine, right as the quarantine was sort of starting to happen, and people were suggesting that maybe you don't do things like go to the movie theater. But it was before there were state and county um, restrictions. And so um, I, I think there's a little bit of that reflected in, in what I'm uh, about to play right now. Um, but uh, it is a different world that I was recording in back then. And we are just now starting to get word that some theaters are going to be opening uh, soon. So I'm very curious what the next road trip will be that Evan and I actually do take uh, and what movie we'll be going to see when that happens. My money is on Tenet by uh, the that's the Christopher Nolan movie that that's coming out soon ish. They changed the de- the opening date, but I think they changed the opening date just to a week later. Uh, so toward the end of July instead of toward the middle of July. That's where my money is, but we'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I can't see the future, but I can see the past, or at least I can listen to it. And now so can you. So I'm going to, through the magic of podcasting, play my road trip to go and see King Kong, the original from 1933, when I went and saw it on the big screen. All right, testing out some new old equipment, starting the car, heading out on a road trip to go and see King Kong, 1933. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure how this is going to sound. 
but we'll find out in post, post-production. So hopefully it's not gonna be too much of a motor hum, too much rustling, because I'm using a clip-on mic and too much uh, breathing, but yeah. Let's talk about the movie instead as I go on this road trip. So the movie is King Kong. Not, did I say 2013? I don't know. 1933, it's the original King Kong movie. And uh, I'm very excited to see this on the big screen. Uh, I've already, like we've talked about, I went and saw Alien and Star Trek The Motion Picture. I did some uh, road tripping on those. And so this is similar, uh, similar opportunity for me to see a movie that I've only seen on small screen and see it you know, in, in the big screen. Hopefully there's some remastering done to make it crisper and clearer. Uh, this movie is one that, you know, it's been around since I've been aware, obviously, but I've been aware of it since I was very, very young. And I talked about when I was on the vault of Monster, oh man, sorry Nathan, I'm messing up your podcast title name, but the Monster Island Vault of Vaulting Movie Monsters, I'll get it right on the trip home, Uh, anyway, talked about the Orange Monster Movie books that I used to get from the library, and those books had, they had one for Dracula, and one for Frankenstein, and one for Wolfman, and one for Godzilla, and one for King Kong, and, you know, there's certain things there that I became aware of because of those books that I didn't even know, really, what it even was a picture of. Like, I remember seeing a picture of uh, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman, I think it was, and just thinking, what in the world is this? Uh, The King Kong one had you know, artwork from the uh, 1976 King Kong on it. And, yeah, so I was aware of King Kong because of that. But in that, I was also aware of King Kong because of the Star Wars making of uh, things that they did. I think it was with Empire Strikes Back, where they also talked about uh, making other movie monster creatures and and how they use stop motion for King Kong. And, and so these are things that I had seen. So the iconic, iconography... That is what I was aware of and, and knew about. But I don't think I actually saw the movie. I mean, King Kong versus Godzilla would have been my first King Kong movie. Uh, I don't think I actually saw the movie until maybe college. I think it was college. But I know it was because my mom was selling Avon. <laughs> and Avon would, you know, have all the makeup stuff and the perfume stuff and all the, you know, that kind of thing. But... They would also have certain items that were, you know, gift items. And for some reason, they had a King Kong VHS tape that if you squeezed it, it would roar. And my mom gave that to me when I was in college. And so I watched King Kong a couple times that way. And (laughs) after that, uh, first of all, that year in college, someone borrowed it and never gave it back. So someone out there has my stolen VHS copy of King Kong that is probably in a dumpster right now or in a, um, in a landfill right now. Not a dumpster because, yeah, 
dumpster's not the end end destination for things that you throw in the trash, but uh, it's probably in a landfill right now, crushed and mashed and not worth much at all. But then they did do, around the time Peter Jackson's uh, King Kong came out, they did a really nice uh, uh, tin that came with the King Kong movie and it had the uh, lobby cards, the postcard size, but lobby cards of artwork that um, were actually you know, replicas of the ones that they used for the movie when it came out in 33. And it's, it was a really, really nice package of the DVD. And the one, the one that I got also came with Son of Kong and then came with Mighty Joe Young. And these movies, I mean, the, the, the thing about these movies is, first of all, this is one of the first, if not the first, legitimate blockbuster movies. I mean, this movie just uh, made money hand over fist. The sequel came out, you know, just months later, within a year, uh, and that was from release of King Kong, re- realizing that King Kong was a huge hit, and then uh, commissioning it, writing it, filming it, and everything. I mean, it was just a, a massive, awesome thing that, that cinema hadn't seen. Also, uh, there's a big part of it that was uh, the Depression was going on. And because the depression was going on, people were depressed and people wanted to be lifted up and they wanted to go and see something that they couldn't see in real life. And this was, you know, this kind of romantic fantasy, this uh, fairy tale, you know, in the real world. Now, yeah, granted, it ends on a downer when King Kong falls down off the Empire State Building, but it, it was something that allowed audiences to just escape the regular everyday life that they had that wasn't great. Uh, the other thing that I find kind of funny right now, I don't know if funny is the right word, but this is probably the last movie I'm going to see in theaters for a long while uh, just because of the um, COVID-19 coronavirus uh, with all the social distance, distancing that they're asking for. And I'm going to see this movie. Last night I went out to eat with a, my small group from church and then this morning I went to church and we closed the doors and, you know, it was, uh, it was very different. We streamed our adult service and then also streamed a, a kid's service, which was fun and different and exciting. And when I say exciting, I mean, I, I don't know how to, it just was really fun because we threw this thing together, this live broadcast of puppets and Bible story, and it was it was a lot of fun. But anyway, you know, we're, we're heading into this period of time where, you know, people, states are making these pronouncements that you cannot meet uh, with groups of larger than 75 or 250. Our state, uh, our county, I think, actually recommended 75. Our state is saying 250. And, you know, I know there's people calling it uh, overreaction. And I know that there's people who are saying that it's ridiculous on one hand. And then there's people who are saying that, you know, it's not enough on the other hand. And, uh, you know, you find yourself, for most people, wanting to figure out how do we do this so we're not panicking, but also so that we're not being irresponsible. And, but anyway, here I am going to see this movie that is about escapism from the real world and and yeah, we are living in a time right now where yeah, we can use some escapism, I think. And so I'm, I'm just, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of a connection there. 
but I'm excited to see this on the big screen. I mean, this is a stop-motion achievement where it wasn't just, hey, there's people and there's uh, dinosaurs in the background. And, you know, there's maybe maybe even the, the movie is about the dinosaurs, but this one actually it was a stop-motion character. I mean, this is one of the first non-human uh, characters that was brought to life by special effects in a live-action movie that featured humans. And when I say character, I mean that they're, you know, Kong has character. They, they animated him not just so that he's, you know, this beast or this force of nature that's going and doing something, but they animated him so he would actually um, be, I mean, he, the whole thing with the T-Rex where he's like taking the jaw and he, you know, he's acting curious and uh, it's, it's a legitimate character who's doing um, things that are, you know, beyond just being an animal. So he's, he's a true, true monster, a true, true creature and a true character. And while this movie is not perfect, it is one of those that I enjoy watching. And uh, it's also a movie that I would say is kind of sci-fi homework for you, where, you know, this is where a lot of things came from. A lot of things that we have in our cinema came from this. This is one of the first, uh, not the first disaster film, but one of the first uh, rampaging monster films. And... Uh, one of the first big special effects extravaganzas, uh, not the first, uh, but one of them, and so it's 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 got a legitimate place in cinema history. So with the coronavirus, I was not sure what to expect as far as the theater goes, but it is there's a lot of cars here, and I checked uh, ahead of time. I got my ticket for this thing months ago, but I checked just today to see what the theater is looking like. And as far as sales went, it looked like about 75% of the theater uh, that I'm going to be seeing this movie in was, was full. So that'll be interesting to see how many people actually show up. But I'm here at the theater now. I'm going to go and see it. And I'm very excited to uh, uh, just come back and, and talk about it a little bit. And I'll talk about it on the way home. Although I might be talking about it on the way to the grocery store instead, because I think my wife needs me to pick up some groceries. But you know, this is this is again at the theater that's closer to my house, so this is a shorter drive. It's closer to my house, but it's, I just don't like going to this theater. It's the luxury lounger thing. I'm not a big fan of that. But yeah, I'm gonna head on in, and uh, then hopefully you'll join me on my trip home. All right. Well. That was fun. And, uh, yeah, I was just trying to think of what there is to even say about this movie, but uh, that hasn't been said, and there's not much. So, um, what you're going to hear me talk about is probably things that have been said before. Um, But seeing on the big screen, maybe remember just some of the thoughts that I had about this movie, one of them is that the seams, and I said this about the Star Trek motion picture and Alien, I think, uh, seeing on the big screen allowed you to see the seams, but it was very interesting because you were able to, I think, see, get a better view of just what movie magic was going on as they were layering the, uh, the different elements of the special effects and everything and you have you know 
uh, matte painting and you have traditional animation, uh, you know, hand-drawn animation, and you have people in the foreground doing their thing, and it just, uh, you also had a scene where you have the, the tribe, the tribes people, and they're all along the top of the wall, then you have the wall itself, and then you have Kong, and then you have Andaro, and, and they're all layered against each other. Um, with that one, you're able to see even some, some of the uh, well, mistakes they're making. I mean, there's some shakiness going on where whatever camera they were using for one of those things uh, was a little shaky, and it was, it was interesting to see that. Uh, it was also, you know, and this is something I had forgotten about, but every time I watch, I, I get reminded, I forgot how many times they animate people. And whenever a person is getting animated as a stop-motion puppet, I just hate it <laughs> because there's not a good skeleton in that thing. Now, granted, Kong, Kong himself was only you know, 18 inches. And uh, so if you have Kong holding a stop-motion puppet person in his hand, uh, that stop-motion puppet person that's in his hand is only 6 inches tall. I mean, that's that's barely taller than, than He-Man, you know, and so to have the musculature within that uh, it may not be the easiest thing to do, but, you know, the arms curve, you know, and they, they don't bend at a right angle, they, they curve, and, you know, it, it's, it's obviously, obviously some sort of, of puppet, um, you know, and, but there was some really clever things going on there where uh, a human would crawl behind a rock and Kong is standing by the rock, and then when the human crawls out from behind the rock, uh, they be, they're a puppet. And, you know, so these things where they're trying to hide those seams, but seeing on the big screen, they're, they're more visible. But I think that the main thing that I was thinking about as I was watching this thing is I know there's a lot of social commentary that people make about the movie, uh, about the, the racism of uh, the portrayal of the natives, although I don't think it's as bad in this movie as, as it really could be and maybe would have been if uh, someone else had been making the movie. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that, that old filmmaking does have some pretty serious racism in it. But, um, you know, this, this movie... I think is one of the greatest examples to me of accidental theming. Uh, and I'm not talking about the musical themes, which is very much on purpose and very interesting. Again, uh, this is one of the first times where the, the music was synced up to the image. And so you have, uh, especially when the, the chief of the tribe is walking toward uh, Denim and and uh, Driscoll and, and Darrow, and, and he's walking toward them and it's done Dun, 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 dun. and it's done to his footsteps and and you know the visual and the audio and, and the music is is actually really a it's a strong strong musical soundtrack that's going on there that was written for this by by Max Steiner uh, but no uh, that's intentional musical theming uh, the theming I'm talking about is just like what this what is this movie about and what does this movie want you to think it's about and I really, as I was watching it this time, just kind of was struck. Uh, and I'm going to get into some religious stuff here. I don't know uh, if it really... Uh, we'll call it weak connections. You know, weak connections. I haven't gone there in a while. But 
um, where you have this paradise and you have uh, now it's not a perfect paradise and Kong is not you know unfallen because he's a killer and a murderer and a he doesn't just you know, he, he puts people in his mouth. He doesn't eat them. I don't know if he's a vegetarian or what he eats, but whatever goes in his mouth, when it's a person, they go in his mouth, he bites down on them, and he spits them out. Like, that's, that's one, of his, uh, one of his moves. <laughs> his other move is going for the, the jaw, like with the T-Rex, and I forgot he does that with the uh, pterodactyl as well. And he, you know, that, he has the finishing move of the, the jaw thing and the finishing move of the, I'm just going to bite down on you right now and, and spit you out. Uh, but you have this element of the untamed wild. And you know, in those days, you know, that, that jungle adventure kind of thing, this is very much of the jungle adventure mold. And it's, you know, you've got the traditional looking um, hero and, and the damsel in distress. Although the hero himself, man, this time when I was watching, he's just—I'm not, not a big fan of uh, of Driscoll. He's—he's he's just bland, uh, and and the actor is just kind of—I uh, don't know—cheesy. It's not the—you're not watching this for actors necessarily. You know, you're watching it for the special effects. You know, even back then, that's what it was. You know, uh, but anyway, you have this jungle adventure where it's the the white man coming in and. Uh, conquering, and I think that the accidental theming here is, you know, they, they are invaders, you know, this is, this is in the industrial world, this is the, you know, in, uh, the white world, I guess, for lack of a better term, but coming in and just, and it's accidental, like this is watching it, you're seeing it, uh, or I w- was kind of seeing it, you know, these people just coming in, disrupting everything, and and just yeah, none of this would have happened. He says beauty killed the beast. Uh, none of this would have happened if it weren't for denim, capitalism, and and uh, creative drive, and, uh, and and these are not necessarily bad things. You know, capitalism works pretty good, and and creativity, and the and the urge to create, and the urge to. Um, find you know new new territory and, and those things these aren't bad things but in this movie they have horrible results uh because you know at the end you've got the idea that they're trying to get you to think about is that beauty killed the beast uh because the beast just became weak when it came to um just how he fell in love or whatever uh but <laughs> at the same time uh the beast killed a lot of people and I do appreciate that in Son of Kong, that sequel isn't the greatest sequel, but I do appreciate that they come at it and say, well, Denim is in big trouble because he's the one who brought the beast into the city and then the beast murdered a lot of people. So the the uh, kind of religious thought behind things going on there is, is just this idea of, um, you know, just paradise lost. And and you have these this intruder that comes in. In this case, is uh, Dunham, and he, he's the serpent who enters the garden and and who destroys paradise. Now, is it paradise? No. I mean, the the people who live there live in mortal terror of a horrible beast that they consider to be some form of god. And and that's you can have these 
other strands that you can pull on when you're when you're talking about that. But uh, but I just found it interesting this time, uh, just how I, I keep using the word interesting, uh, but just how much of uh, a disruption the, these intruders are, and they come in like they own the place, you know, and and they come in with the idea that we are uh, from civilization and we are better and the way you do things is bad and we're just going to come in and, uh, you know, take care of business. And the way they do things is bad, you know, the human sacrifice and that, that kind of thing. And that's actually a, a really something that I find there to be a, a, a valid tension between coming in and disrupting a culture uh, but disrupting the culture you know with missionaries and you know can you say it's bad for a tribe of cannibals to give up their culture because someone comes and shows them you know Jesus and they stop killing you know and that's there are some people who say that is bad and and there's some people who are like, well, it's bad if it's Christianity, I guess. But uh, yeah, so anyway, the movie itself, you know, like I said, it is homework. And uh, it, I can understand, especially for a modern audience, it could be a slog to get through. What's interesting is to make it more uh, acceptable to audiences. Uh, Peter Jackson took the same story and made it twice as long. <laughs> and so... It's, it's a different kind of slog when, when Peter Jackson does it with his special effects. But uh, I could, it was just fun to, to disappear into New York of the 30s and, and to see like actual places. And, and you know, the, the vehicles are not vintage vehicles. They're brand new. Or if they are vintage, you know, they're from the 20s and they're just a few years old. And so it was, it was fun. It was fun, and I enjoyed myself, and uh, I like uh, seeing these classic movies on the screen like this. I don't know when I'm going to see a movie in a theater again, because I, they may not allow anyone to see movies in theaters uh, very soon. We'll see. We'll see. But for now, that is this episode of Strangers and Aliens, and hopefully it sounds okay, and hopefully we'll be able to use it for an episode. Um... I don't know what's going to be happening next on the feed, but uh, for now, I'm going to sign off and say thank you for listening. I'm going to turn off the car and say Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-378. And once again, thanks for listening.
podcast title I was looking for was the Monster Island Film Vault. The Monster Island Film Vault at monsterislandfilmvault.com. It's a podcast you should listen to. Sorry, Nathan, that I didn't get the, the title right. <laughs>